Sorry, yes, okay, uh, I'll just quickly go through that then. I'm the project manager of an elite food bank, been there about eight years, come from a teaching background, worked in a lot of inner city schools. Uh, Jim is our treasurer at the back, um, who deals with all our donations. You can donate through our website, you can donate food, obviously, in lots of our stores, which I'll be telling you about as we go on. And uh, basically, there are lots of ways for you to volunteer, should you so wish, which I'll tell you about as well. So what I'm going to do this morning is I've got... Uh, three videos for you, very short, and a short PowerPoint, just to give you a general overview of everything that we tend to do on a daily basis. Our food bank uh, runs four centres, so it's open for five days a week for anyone who needs to come and get emergency parcels of food. I then do emergency runs at weekends, presentations, talks in schools, that sort of thing as well. And uh, we've been extremely busy since we opened in 2013, and just like lots of other places all over the country. And um, we can't really see an end to it at the moment. We can only see things getting worse with the scary news that we're getting about food prices, fuel prices. So we're bracing ourselves for a bit of a hit in the next few months. Okay, so if I ask Fiona just to play the first video, it's a, it's a lovely video, it's a poem um, that's been written by someone who visited a food bank, but it's actually portrayed by people who are volunteers at food banks. Oh, you're going to get free food? He says with an attitude. None of his business. And so what if I was? I needed free food because I didn't have enough money. I didn't have enough food in my child's tummy. I didn't have a choice. None of us did. It could happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone. It could happen to anyone. Apprehensive, I held up my voucher to a smiling volunteer. There was something about her that made my fears disappear. I was made to feel welcome. I was made to feel that I matter, that my choices matter. It was straightforward. The people were kind. The food was nutritious. The food was needed. I proceeded to go a few more times. To get a few more things to eat. To stop my child feeling hungry as they go to sleep. Soon my benefits were sorted and I was back on my feet. I did not need to go anymore. There is no shame. There should be no stigma. There should be no hunger. There's too many people carrying weight on their backs. There's too many people falling through the cracks. In a rich country with a system that is breaking. It is not my fault and it is not of my making. We need people to stand up and say... It doesn't need to be this way. Reach out if you can help. Reach out if you need a hand. It could happen to anyone. It could happen to anyone. It could happen to you. 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 Okay, so embedded in that video uh, was a bit of a cameo. There was a lady there called Emma, and she is the head of the Trussell Trust, and the Trussell Trust is our overarching charity that we work with and they are the ones that run most of the majority of the food banks in this country and they do a fantastic job. Um, they provide training, they provide support, lots of uh, financial help and um, give us guidance along the way and uh, Emma was in there at the end there 
saying her little bit. And the Trussell Trust started off when um, a couple, actually. Um, I, do you remember years ago there was a lot of news coverage about Romanian orphans on the TV? And a very Christian family and couple decided to do something about it and went to Romania and helped set up an orphanage and helped with those children. And they were, you know, lauded in all of the news, the papers, until one day a lady who lived quite near to them wrote to them and read the report and she said, what are you going to do to help me? I've got three kids, I'm on my own, I haven't got a job and I struggle to feed them from week to week. So they looked at each other and they said, well, what are we going to do? And um, several years later, the Trussell Trust was born and um, it's now quite a big powerhouse in the country. The next video I'm going to ask Fiona to play is uh, one where you'll see cameras going into a food bank and warehouse and interviewing people who actually go there. No one in the UK should go. <laughs> a lot of people really do struggle to get across that line to come in and see us. They really do. Some of them don't. I've seen people come to the door and walk away again and feel it's you know something they can't do, especially if they bring their children with them. And um, it's difficult because you know there's a voucher system, so they, they have no problem with getting food. I think sometimes they don't associate themselves with a food bank, and it's trying to marry the two together that you know there's no shame there's nothing to worry about and this video talks about that a little it's a little bit old this video so he might mention some figures that are sadly out of date but um this is professor green a famous rapper who's uh, does a lot of work for trust or trust so sorry fiona i'll shut up now no one in the uk should go hungry but for many simply staying afloat is a daily struggle this is professor green or Stephen. morning as we're calling him. how you doing <laughs> right. morning nice to meet you all we'll find plenty for him a lot of people are coming because of benefit changes, also domestic violence. No, no recourse to public funds. We keep a track of how much it weighs and take it out to people. This year, food banks in the Trussell Trust Network have given out over a million emergency food parcels to people in crisis. One third of those went to children. Well, when you've got kids, you probably close out the window. There's times where they've ate and I haven't, because it's all about them. As long as they're fed and they're looked after, that's what it's all about. When you've got Samuels and Fulton, the sister thing, can that? Oh, yeah. 14.2 million people here live beneath the poverty line. People probably have a picture in their head of someone who walks in that door in need. They might be donating, they might be in need, and I've stopped trying to decide which is which because they look the same. I came here as a client, actually. I had to use a food bank. Everybody's got a different story, some very tough stories. Each person will come here because they need something. And sometimes it's the talk. Yeah, it's a food bank, but sometimes people come when they're at their last and ashamed of themselves like I was. But you leave with a different mindset altogether. You leave thinking there's something positive in there in the world. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's and you're calling me big man. Got the wind out of me. Stopping hunger is about more than food. And it starts with a little bit of kindness. So there's a picture of his standard sort of warehouse, standard sort of food back centre where people come and access and have a food. Now, 
there's a very changed picture recently since the pandemic because clients used to be able to come in, have a cup of tea, have a sit down, have a chat, have a sandwich, have a piece of toast. All disappeared during COVID. Remember drawing white lines outside some of the services, um, telling people to maintain a distance and wear a face mask and please don't come in and please, you know, wait in the queue and, you know, it, it, it got very difficult. Um, things people wanted to talk about they no longer could talk about. The worst thing that happened was the voucher scheme almost came to an end because it was a physical piece of paper that the, the, the services, the, all the social services would issue to us, give to the client a piece of paper. They were no, allowed, no longer allowed to go into the offices to give them out. They were all working from home. There was no more vouchers. So we had to come up with an e-voucher scheme that we could send to their phones and their computers so they could get access to their parcels. And it's basically a three-day emergency parcel ranging from a single person uh, to someone who might have five to seven children, you know, with two adults in the house, three adults in the house, whatever. And so uh, a lot of them don't drive, don't have any transport, and it's, you know, it's a tricky journey in itself before you even embark on it. And um, we had to overcome these issues. The good news is some of our centres are opening up again now. They're allowing clients back in for a sit-down and, and a drink, and especially that all-important chat, because we don't want them to be on benefits we don't want them to be on emergency food parcels with children. You know, we don't want that. We want to point them in the right direction. So we signpost them to lots of different agencies that can help. But we need them in and we need them to sit down and give us their time and to talk to us so we can do that. And that's been quite difficult recently. So what I'll do now is I'll show you a short PowerPoint of what goes on in my food bank, in Jim's food bank, in Neaton. And uh, a little bit of a take there from Professor Green, hunger stops when kindness starts. It really is that simple. Um, no one should be hungry at all. We know that. So I've got my gadget and we had some teething problems before, didn't we, Fiona? So I might have to switch to manual with you, but here we go. Right, I'll give it a click. Okay, so the nationwide, the Trussell Trust then, 423 food banks. That's probably gone up. 1,200 distribution centres, this is going on now, um, 2.5 million emergency food parcels. I'm just about to get the update in the next, this financial year. I'm guessing that's going to go up. So it was a 33 increase from the previous year. Okay, sad news. The Neaton Food Bank itself, um, so from April to March this year, 4,210 and 1,441 were children that we fed. Um, because on the um, vouchers, they have to put down how many children and their ages, etc., etc., so we can track exactly who we're feeding and helping. So from January, uh, start of the year, uh, 1,308, 478 of those were children. And last week, I jumped into the figures and had a look at what we all did across our four centres, and we fed 134 and 62 were children. That was just last week. That's not counting any of the emergency runs I did either. That's just people who visited, okay? So, we're quite busy. So, we've got a wonderful local community. Where do we get our food from? We get it from supermarkets. We get it from small local shops. Uh, we get it from the huge, big Astra's in town, in Sainsbury's. I'm sure you've all seen their trolleys in the entranceways. That's where we get a lot of our food from. We get it from uh, Triton Showers. They give us a regular one. British Gas came and helped us out loads in the pandemic. 
with um, bringing us food from a Tesco hub. They brought us tons and tons of food every week because these guys were repurposed. They didn't have any, any jobs to go to, so they were, right, have you got a van? Can we use it? Go and get some food for us. And they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Okay, um, we have lots of schools that help us. We've got a secondary school there that came into the warehouse. Another one that put all their stuff on the um, stage for us uh, the, from, a, from a couple of days' donations. Other food banks help us out. We've got Dunelm in the corner there. I've got uh, the new opening of uh, Pound Stretcher in town. And even where we get our van from, they even gave us loads of Easter eggs. So wherever we go, we, we've got very, very, very generous people. We've got lots of people giving us food all of the time. It does fluctuate. It does go up and down, especially with what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. I've got an awful lot of people saying, I'm going to give to this appeal instead of that. And that's absolutely fine. We're doing a Ukraine appeal ourselves at the moment. Um, Okay, so the other week, there's one of my volunteers. We went, so was invited by the ex-lead uh, singer of Squeeze, uh, Glenn Tilbrook, and his tour manager gave myself and a uh, volunteer some free tickets if we <laughs> stood in the doorway, you know, shaking the old basket and uh, putting some food boxes around. But it was wonderful because what Glenn did was when they bought their tickets online, he gave them the opportunity to buy food or donate through his website. So, luckily, because there's a little down the road, there was loads of food coming in. We filled all these boxes that you can see at the front, and these are the ones I used. And even the, uh, the venue itself gave us a full box of food before we even started. I put my two little buckets out, thinking, I'm not going to get any money. No one pays cash anymore, do they? We'll give it a go. And I had lots of people coming in going, oh, I've got no cash, I've only got card, I've only got cash. And there was the odd bit of shrapnel going in. But what was hilarious was... At the end of the gig, and they were coming out, and they'd had a bit of lubrication, the pennies turned into fivers and teners. <laughs> so then I picked it up and started shaking it a bit more. So we did with great. We did 91.6 kilos of food uh, and 155 pounds 47. Uh, and that was just on the way in and the way out, you know. Uh, so it was wonderful. So hopefully we'll be able to do another uh, sort of gig there. I like getting into gigs free. Anyway. <laughs> This is our old warehouse, not our new warehouse, our old warehouse. <laughs> We're in a temporary warehouse at the moment. If anyone has a warehouse and they want to give it to me, <laughs> just putting it out there, you know. Anyway, these are our very, um, you know, old pictures, and then we've got some people working here in the centre. Um, we've got one big warehouse, four distribution centres. They are three churches, Holy Trinity Church in Attleborough. Uh, we have one on Manor Court Baptist Church on Manor Court Road, and we have a centre in Camp Hill called Chess. It's an education centre. And we have St Paul's, a small church on St Paul's Road up in Stocking Ford. And people go there and collect their food. And as I say, they're all designed to be open so someone can go to somewhere in the week that's open in the morning or in the afternoon from Monday to Friday. So if they missed one, they can be redirected to another because the voucher can be redeemed at any one. In fact, they can go to the Rugby Food Bank, the Coventry Food Bank, the Hinkley Food Bank because they're all under Trussell Trust and they're allowed to use it. Okay, so everything comes in from the boxes, from lots of collectors, lots of volunteers that go out collecting from the supermarkets. Everything has to be weighed. Everything has to be weighed and logged because the Trussell Trust have to prove to the government that they are naturally a needed charity, that uh, we don't get lots of food in but don't give much out. Well, we do. And uh, there's some of our pallets all full of food at the moment. 
Okay, we get lots of donations that fill the tables and our volunteers have to go through them. They actually have to label them as well so that if they sit around for a long time and we know exactly how old they are without having to go outside or put our specs on. And it's for the client's benefit as well so they can see how long they've got to eat. We do accept some out-of-date food and we do give it out to the centres. And that's an agreement with us and the clients that you have your standard parcel that we give out, which is nutritiously um, packed full of food that the NHS tells us should sustain them for three days on their advice. But if they want to dig into the out-of-date box because you've got some beans in there that's two weeks old, why not? And so they go for it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen dads with their kids on their knees going through these boxes, and it is quite harrowing watching that sort of thing go on, but it, it goes on. Okay, so there's one of the centres. I think these are some of our OCD volunteers. You can see it's a bit, a bit neat and tidy in there. And they then get the food and they put it onto different shelving so they can pick it whenever they get a requisition from um, the voucher. So they might have someone comes in with two children, two adults. They'll know what to pick, what to put into the parcels to give them to go. And it's all written down on a different coloured sheet. Here's one of them here, which allows us to be able to pick what we think they will need for three days. So obviously if it's a single person, they'll get a certain coloured paper. Someone with three or four kids will get, will get more. Um, I got a call uh, once from um, Walsall Social Services saying uh, on a Friday night, I, uh, I've got a bit of a problem. I've got a family. There's nine of them. Um, they've got to come to Neneaton and they've got to come tonight. So we've got them into a travel lodge in the Neaton, um, the one just up here, actually. And, uh, yeah, seven children, two adults, four of them under four. No facilities whatsoever with them. They had to get out quick because the oldest boy had got into a gang and got himself in a little bit of trouble with the gang, and the police said it was a threat to life for him and his family if they didn't leave the local area tonight. So then we come in there as an emergency, so I took a huge amount of food down for this family, spoke to the people in the travel lodge who were wonderful. They allowed them to warm the, the milk up for the babies in the microwaves, in the kitchens, use their facilities. The sad news was, a few months ago, I got the same call from the same person from Warsaw to say, could I go and visit them again? They're in another travel lodge in Neneaton. So when I went and see them again, and they said they'd been living like that since I first met them the one up there so tricky stuff seesaw phone well, I've got this phone I call it the seesaw phone it looks a bit childish but when I go into school sometimes it's the best way to tell the children how my phone works sometimes when it's up I get some fantastic news on that phone I get someone saying I've got £2,000 here I'd like to give it to you and I go Jim better get around or they'll say, I've got X amount of food and you can have it for free. And I go, great. Or they'll say, when you open, we'd like to come and donate down to the warehouse. And I'll tell them. And it's all great news. And then it flips the other way, like I had this week. And I did four emergencies in two days. One being a suicide attempt, um, whereby he was so strung out that he couldn't leave his house for three weeks. And so he got no food. He got nobody. And... I turned up with a witness, with a volunteer, just so that we could help. I was on the phone to social services, the police were there, the ambulance had been there, and he was a wreck. And all I'm going to say is, 
we go to some pretty rough areas, pretty rough areas, and deal with some pretty bad situations. But all I'll say is I could walk out of that door and I would be in his house in five minutes from here. So, never look down on someone yes to helping them up. They look all different. They might have a nice house and a nice car. It doesn't necessarily mean they're doing great. They're not. All kinds of people come. Um, also did a recent one where a guy had been moved to a bedsit. It was like something out of Ukraine. It was horrid. It looked like it had bomb damage. And I felt for the poor guy. He'd got no facilities whatsoever. So we got him kettles, we got him toasters, and got him set up like that. But you just wouldn't believe how these people are moved from pillar to post sometimes and put in some of the most horrendous accommodations just so they can tick a box and say they've got somewhere to live. So it's, uh, it's pretty sad. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with one short video now, and it's just of a client who's actually used a food bank, and it's just his opinion on what it was like for him. And it's a man who's had to go to a food bank um, and use it for him and his daughter, and it just tells you his situation. And so if I ask Fiona just to run the last one, it's Richard's story, I believe. I've worked all my life and I never thought I'd be in the situation whereby I needed a food bank. However, going there, it's not people that are unemployed, it's not people that are scroungers, it's not people that need to get a job. There's probably one person in your street at least that's had to go and use a food bank. People are struggling and they need help. My name is Richard Brown, uh, 49 from New Milton in Hampshire. Last year I had to go to a food bank for the first time in my life due to losing my job, uh, ongoing health problems and uh, also domestic issues, splitting up with my partner. When I first went to the food bank um, I felt very embarrassed. Um, having been brought up in a, in a forces background I'd always looked after myself. However on meeting the people there they put me at ease straight away. I even got a cup of tea. I'd never expected to use a food bank, but it wasn't until I was put into that situation that I realised that I actually needed help myself. I went to the Citizens Advice and asked them what I can do, what help there was, uh, and they referred me to the um, food bank. I do have a 10-year-old daughter as well. makes it more difficult, but it's a case of trying to budget or having to go without. There's been situations where I will feed her instead of feeding myself. You know, it does get a bit hard, but just something you have to do to survive. I think if the food bank had not been there, I don't know what I would have done. Due to my health problems, that would have had a serious effect, which could possibly have led me to a stay in hospital. But without the food bank, I don't think I'll be here today. I think that may have you know, pushed me over the edge, as I think it will do for a lot of people if it's not there. Okay, so if you do want to go onto our website, it's that one there. Um, obviously, the Trust or Trust, if you Google it, they've got lots of information about what we do. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you, John, for inviting me. It's been lovely coming here for the second time, and if you've got any questions, great. If not, I shall hand back over to John. All right. Thank you. What is the most important thing that we need? Yeah. We 
definitely need the, the food supply to continue, else we are in trouble. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my centres in Attleborough uh, did 62 people in a morning a few weeks ago. I'd only just delivered to them. They panicked and said, we've got another session on Friday, and they've literally wiped us out. So that's 62 different people have taken all their parcels away. So that's pretty much emptied that place out. So I'm now standing in our warehouse and looking at the food requisition that they've sent through that they need for Friday. I haven't got it. So I've got a card that Jim gives me, and he trusts with me. <laughs> no, I don't go to Florida with it, but I'm in bookers a lot, literally buying stuff en masse, you know, on pallets, because the food supply has just been suddenly ramped up and we're short of it and we haven't got any more. And this happens a lot. So what we do on our website is we put out items that go out very, very quickly. We have certain items that we've got abundance of, like pasta, beans, soup. But there are other things that go out very, very quickly. Uh, puddings, rice pudding, fruit juice shoots out. In it. There's always demand for it. Uh, when the school holidays come, you've got demand for the, the cooked meats, you know, and then there's bread and spread that we get as for them as well. Toast for the kids. Um, you know, a lot of the kids are on, you know, free school meals. That stops. So, yeah, the most important thing is we need money through our donations, which is a very, very simple process. Jim, would you just like to quickly say about how easy it is on the website? And just your sec you know, just to say the sec second thing I would say is what what we need is also man uh, I nearly said said manpower. Then you're not allowed to say that now. People power, uh, volunteer power, because the biggest issue is obviously it's a volunteer service, and volunteers come when they want and leave when they want. I can't put them under any pressure. I can just thank them sincerely for when they do come and give their time. And like next week, one of my main volunteers is going away for two weeks, and he picks up from two different supermarkets. So you have issues with suddenly things just falling out of place that you don't get in a business because they're regular and they're being paid or someone just says, I don't fancy it today, I'm going to walk the dog. And, you, you know, you think, fine. I mean, it would be lovely to get more people involved, more people paid, but, you know, so I'm constantly also saying, you know, if our volunteers stop coming, then we are really in trouble as well because we need the people there to give the food out as well as collect it, buy it and distribute it. So food and people. Should have just said that, shouldn't I? Hello. Right. Do we take fresh food? It's a funny one, fresh food. No, we're not allowed to store fresh food. It's only ambient food in packets. You're totally right. However, especially during the pandemic, I was inundated with all of these places closing with meat and um, fresh veg, cream cakes, sandwiches, you name it. I mean, the, the college around the corner phoned me up and said that, Right, we're closing. We've got all these sandwiches. Can you take some? I said, yeah, great. How many? He went, 1,300. <laughs> I said, okay. So I took some. I took some. I took 200, actually. That was, that was laborious, trying to get rid of 200 cheese and onion sandwiches. Anyway, the problem we've got with fresh food, I'd love to take it. Our centres have got fridges, and they, they keep the milk in there, and we've now started buying bread and spread. So we'll to give them toast when they come to our centres, but to take away with them as well. But because it gets frozen when I buy it, they've got facilities there. We have them at the warehouse. That's what they can do. They freeze the bread, they freeze the spread, 
and then they give it out. But that's in the centres, not in the warehouse. So I get a lot of fresh veg in. And let's put it like this. If someone brings me a bag of potatoes on a Monday, and I've got two deliveries on a Monday to two centres, I can get them out on that Monday. And they'll put them in a box as an extra for people to take if they want them. And if they take them, great. If they don't, they'll have to be thrown away the next day. But we don't encourage people to bring a lot of fresh food to us because it will go off very quick and uh, we can't distribute it and we can't keep it in the warehouse. But, yes, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm supposed to say no to it, but if it just come in, I'm not going to throw it away. You know, I've, I've had loads of veg recently and I've just given it out on pallets and that you see people putting it in there. It's lovely, you know. But we do encourage people to put stuff into the supermarket baskets that's just, you know, packets and that sort of stuff, you know, packets and tins. But we're all right for pasta. Yeah, um, let's see if I've got one here. Sometimes we put them on here if we're doing a specific... Uh, let's, let's say a business uh, wants to put one of these in their shop. And they'll ask me, what, what do you tend to need the most? Then we'll type up and make a poster. So here this one is uh, milk, uh, sugar, fruit juice, soup, pasta, right the way through down to some toiletries, because we also help with toiletries. And we look at the stock that's gone down in the warehouse and things that I've had to go to buy, like with Jim's card, and I think we need to start putting that on a list, on a, on a poster. So... I will update the website with an, what's called a shopping list that you'll see on there. And it will say, we are short, currently short of. And then there will be those. And it's great because people just go, oh, I looked at your list, Rich. Here you go. I've brought you some of these, brought you some of that. And, you know, it's brilliant because they have things that I can use that day that people are short of, you know. So. How often do you, for example, you have these Yeah, exactly. That, and that's, that's another reason why we say we can't accept anything Long-life milk is fine, but no fresh milk. And sometimes, like there was a library recently, and I hadn't heard from them for ages. And um, I phoned them, and I said, have you still got one of our boxes? And they said, oh, yes, we have, but we don't get much people. Well, you wouldn't think people would go to a library and think of dropping food off, but there was some food in there. But when I got it back to the warehouse, everything was not just out of date, but a long out way out of date. So you've got to just encourage people to keep an eye on it and also encourage people who donate. And you get this around harvest time, <laughs> where they've raided their grandpa's, you know, cupboards or whatever, or, you know. And there's stuff in there that they're quite happy for you to get rid of, you know. And then we get it, and it's got quite a long date on. We can't even put it in the out-of-date box. So we try and discourage that, you know, that if you've got stuff that you're just never going to eat, and it's, you know, if you're not going to eat it, chances are no one else is going to eat it. And uh, if it's really out of date, I'm not allowed to give it out after six months anyway. So it ends up, I'm afraid, in the dip. So, you know, but that's on very rare occasions. So, yeah, just, you know, packet food. If you think of, um, sometimes I make up meals in little bags. So if I've got an awful lot of, let's say, pasta sauce, which doesn't happen often, and I've got a lot of pasta, and then I'll put them in little bags with a few more bits and bobs. And then sometimes I'm trying to encourage people to cook a bit better as well, you know, to make it last a bit longer um, because we don't want them just asking for pot noodle. I mean, they don't have a choice. The food is packed and it's supposed to last them three days. It's, it's the end of the line for them, really, you know. Um, there is a new shop opened in Bedworth where you can select what you want and stuff like that, but they've been overrun recently. So, But, yeah, it's just... Um, if you just think about, a, you know, a square meal, you know, some 
anything in a couple of tins of veg, potatoes, tin meat, anything like that. Oh, they love it. No, you can't. Got told off for using the word sweets with the NHS, actually. Yeah, we got told off for using sweets. So we had to relabel it, treats for children. And then I got people from the centre saying, can we have some adult treats as well? <laughs> Bars of chocolate, you know, not just like, you know, lollies and Haribo's and that sort of thing. So, yeah, treats, let's face it, that, you know, it's, it, it pacifies the children when they come to the centres. It's great and, you know, it, it picks up the adults as well and they've got some chocolate, of course it is. And Easter's coming now, so we've got Easter eggs coming in soon. We give those out, and it's lovely to see the children's faces light up when you, when you say, oh, I've got Easter eggs this morning, and they just fly over to you. You know, it's, it's really nice. So, yes, treats are wonderful. They love them. Yeah. Hi. If you go to Sainsbury's and some holidays, they've got Ooh. ready-packed packets. They have, yeah. That you can pick up something of the corporate price you prepared for Yeah. Please. Why don't Tesco and Asda and Lidl and Aldi do that? I've no idea, but do you know what? During, the gentleman said about pre-packed parcels, uh, we had a team from Morrisons who came and donated to us during the pandemic, and they they brought their food every week. And one week they brought these lovely little parcels, and some of them were toiletry parcels, and people could just pick them up and pay a certain amount for them, and it was everything that the, the clients needed. And they started doing it with food as well. I thought it was a great idea because it's a lot quicker than going all around the shop. Uh, and some of our clients, you know, they just want that food. They want it in the bag and they want it gone, you know. So um, I don't know why they don't do it. I don't know. To Tesco. Have you tried suggesting anything to Tesco? <laughs> They're quite an entity to themselves, actually, Tesco. I will. I'll ask them. I'll say, why don't you do pre-packed stuff? Twice weekly. Yeah. Uh, lady asked how, how often they get um, emptied. We have uh, dedicated volunteers that go to the different supermarkets and keep an eye on them. So Asda will get uh, emptied twice a week because they fill up quite big. Sainsbury's as well. And I've just been given, because now Bedworth's closed, I've been given a Tesco extra in Bedworth to do as well. And I've been going there twice a week to empty that. It's been really good. We've been getting lots and lots of food. Usually twice a week for the big places. Because we have to record them separately as well for the supermarket, which goes back to like the way Tesco operate. They, they, they need their, their information to go onto their PR teams and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's got a, you know, a good date on it, then it will be fine. And it's, if, as long as it's sealed and it's got a good date on it, it's absolutely fine. It will be picked up within a couple of days after that. Um, or a week after when it's, when it's filled enough. I can't send them there every day. It's just when it's really quite big. And we, we know the days that is, really, because it's quite, quite too easy to, to manage then. Um, but, yeah, going back to the supermarkets, it's, it's really, you know, I've suggested lots of things to them in the past, and you, you really, it's nothing, you know, you, you can't really get any, any leeway with them. They take your suggestion, they smile at you, and they go, yeah, yeah, we could do that, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> You know, but uh, we keep trying. We keep trying. Anyway, any more? Hello. Is it a Christian uh, charity? Yeah, I mean, the Trust of Trust is is a Christian charity, and it's registered as a Christian charity. And our food banks, 
are all in church. Well, three of them are in churches. One of them is an education centre in, in Camp Hill. But um, there's a large element of church intervention. For example, Manor Court does um, Christians Against Poverty and helps them with their debt problems. And that's based at Manor Court. So they do a wonderful job of getting people out of debt and helping them manage, you know, all free of charge and everything, you know, like the CAB help as well, but it's from a Christian standpoint. So, yeah, it's very Christian-based. Um, lots of them have prayers before they start, the volunteers in the morning before they start in the services. And, um, yeah, but we don't want to discourage anyone who's not a Christian to not volunteer, of course, or, um, you know, put them off in any way by saying you've got to adhere to this or adhere to that because, you know, down in the warehouse. <laughs>